0: Good morning and welcome to Current Radio. It's Friday, December 22nd. Dana White reveals the bouts for UFC 300 and plans for more fights in 2024. And the Rams fend off a late rally, boosting their playoff chances with a win over the Saints. Plus, Verdugo is ready for a fresh start with the Yankees. And with the Lakers sliding, AD tabs Saturday as a must win. This coverage and more, up next. Welcome to Current Radio's Sports Station. Please enjoy today's selection of sports news. UFC 300 is shaping up to be quite the event. Dana White, the UFC CEO, has announced the first three official fights. Former light heavyweight champion Jiri Prochaska will face Aleksandar Rakic, and former bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling will move up to featherweight to fight Calvin Kedar. Top prospect Bo Nickel
1: is also set to face Cody Brundage. Helena, what's your take on these matchups? Well, Steven, these are some exciting fights. Proshaska versus Rakic is a matchup between two of the top contenders in the light heavyweight division. Sterling moving up to featherweight to fight Qatar is also intriguing. Sterling is a former bantamweight champion, and Qatar is a tough competitor in the featherweight division. As for Nikol versus Brundage, it's a chance for Nikol to prove himself against a seasoned fighter. And yet, none of these
0: fights will be the main or co-main event. That's quite a statement about the scale of UFC 300, but there are also some other fight announcements from Dana White, right?
1: Absolutely, Steven. At UFC 298 on February 17th, former middleweight champion Robert Whittaker will take on former title challenger Paulo Costa. The previously announced bout between Ian Machado Gary and Jeff Neal will also be moved to UFC 298. The co-main event for the UFC Fight Night card February 24th in Mexico City will be a five-round matchup between former interim featherweight champion Yair Rodriguez and Brian Ortega. Brandon Moreno versus Amir Albazi will headline.
0: And there's a big fight night coming up in Atlantic City, New Jersey, correct?
1: Yes, the main event for UFC Fight Night on March 30th will feature New Jersey native Aaron Blanchfield against France's Manon Fioro in a likely women's flyweight title eliminator bout. It's a packed schedule and fight fans have a lot to look forward to. Indeed, it's going to be an exciting few months for UFC
0: fans. Thanks for your insights, Helena. Now, in a pivotal Thursday night football game, the Los Angeles Rams hosted the New Orleans Saints at SoFi Stadium. The Rams emerged victorious, defeating the Saints 30-22. This win has increased their playoff probability while the Saints are left to ponder their listless performance. Helena, what are your thoughts on
1: this game? Steven, this game was a tale of two teams. The Rams have been on a roll, winning six out of their last seven games. Their offense has been on fire since Matthew Stafford returned from a thumb injury. He had another 300-plus yard passing game against the Saints, and he's thrown multiple passing touchdowns in five straight games. The Rams running back, Kyron Williams, also hit a milestone, passing 1,000 rushing yards for the season.
0: That's impressive. But it wasn't all smooth sailing for the Rams, was it?
1: Indeed, Stephen, the Rams' kicker woes continue. Lucas Haversick missed a field goal from 47 yards, and the Rams have missed a league-high 11 field goals this season. Their special teams also had a blocked punt in the fourth quarter that set the Saints up for a touchdown.
0: Now, let's talk about the Saints. They rallied from 30-7 down in the fourth quarter to close to within 30-22, but couldn't draw any closer. What went wrong for them?
1: Well, Stephen... The Saints had a chance to significantly increase their playoff chances with a win, but they took a major step back. Their quarterback, Derek Carr, led two fourth-quarter touchdown drives, but overall, he wasn't effective against the Rams' blitz and did not fare well on third or fourth down. The loss has dropped their playoff chances to 24%. So
0: both teams have crucial games next week. The Rams are facing the Giants, while the Saints are up against the Buccaneers.
1: What can we expect? The Rams will be looking to continue their winning streak and solidify their playoff chances. On the other hand, the Saints need to win and get some help to make the playoffs. It's going to be a thrilling end to the regular season, Stephen.
0: Indeed, Helena. It's all to play for in the final weeks of the season. Thanks for your insights. Now, let's talk about Alex Verdugo, the 27-year-old outfielder recently acquired by the New York Yankees from the Boston Red Sox who has made a significant personal change even before spring training. He's shaved off his red beard. Helena, this seems like a small detail, but it's actually quite significant in the context of the Yankees, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, Stephen. The Yankees have a long-standing rule against facial hair, a code issued by owner George Steinbrenner back in 1976. This rule also extends to lengthy locks that drop below the collar and long sideburns. Verdugo, who hadn't been clean-shaven since high school, decided to conform to this rule even before joining the team. And it seems like Verdugo is embracing this change, even saying it feels like a fresh
0: start. But let's talk about his performance. What can we expect from him this season?
1: Well, Verdugo hit 264 with 13 homers, 54 RBI, and a .745 OPS this year in his fourth season with the Red Sox. He was also a Gold Glove finalist, with 12 outfield assists and nine defensive runs saved. Yankees manager Aaron Boone believes Verdugo, a left-handed hitter, could benefit from Yankee Stadium's short porch.
0: There's also been some controversy surrounding Verdugo, hasn't there? He was benched twice last season by Boston manager Alex Cora for not hustling and arriving late at the ballpark.
1: Yes, that's correct. Verdugo has acknowledged these incidents and said they've toughened him up. He's also expressed admiration for Boone's tendency to defend his players, which could indicate a more harmonious relationship with his new manager. It's interesting
0: to note that Verdugo's visits to the Bronx as an opponent haven't always been smooth. He was struck on the back by a baseball thrown from Yankee Stadium's left field stands in July 2021, but he seems to be looking forward to playing for the Yankees and their fans.
1: Indeed, he said he likes the directness and aggressiveness of New York fans and believes they'll appreciate his hard work on the field. It'll be interesting to see how Verdugo adapts to his new team and how fans respond to him.
0: Absolutely. It's always fascinating to see how players adjust to new teams and expectations. Thanks for your insights, Helena. Now let's shift our focus to the Los Angeles Lakers, who are facing a challenging period, having lost four games in a row. Their latest defeat came at the hands of the Minnesota Timberwolves, 118 to 111. Despite this being only the 30th game of the 82 game schedule, Anthony Davis is calling for more urgency. Helena, what's your take on this?
1: Well, Steven, it's certainly a tough time for the Lakers. Davis is right in saying that there are ups and downs in an NBA season, and right now they're in a down period. However, he's also right in calling for more urgency. The Lakers have fallen to 1-5 since winning the in-season tournament, and Davis is treating their next game against the Oklahoma City Thunder as a must-win.
0: LeBron James and Gabe Vincent were both absent in the game against Minnesota. Will they be back for the next game?
1: Davis expects LA to be fully healthy for its next game. That should certainly provide a boost. But it's important to remember that the Lakers have shown what they're capable of, like when they finished off a 7-0 run through the in-season tournament and won the inaugural championship in Las Vegas. They need to recapture that form.
0: What were some of the issues in the game against the Timberwolves that the Lakers need to address?
1: Turnovers were a major issue, especially in the fourth quarter. They committed five of their 18 turnovers for the game in that period. D'Angelo Russell, despite scoring 17 points, tied for the team high with four turnovers. Consistency is also a problem. Davis mentioned that the team is still hoping to settle on consistent substitution patterns from Coach Darvin Hamm.
0: So, how crucial is this upcoming game against the Oklahoma City Thunder for the Lakers?
1: It's a significant game. The Lakers are currently four games behind the West's number 3 team, the Denver Nuggets, but also only four games ahead of the West's number 12, the Utah Jazz. If they don't stop the slide soon, they could find themselves in a tough position. As Davis said, they need to buckle down and find ways to get wins.
0: Well, it's clear that the Lakers have some work to do. Thanks for your insights, Helena. Now, as we wrap up our stories for today, we want to thank you for listening to Current Radio and look forward to having you back here tomorrow.